Stein. Join me as I do interviews with leaders in the field of artificial intelligence from across the world. We speak about the business relevance of artificial intelligence and we also speak about the future. Is it to be feared or to be embraced? Please subscribe at my website for updates on future interviews. Today, I have the privilege to speak to Dr. Jacques Glurik, who is the founder and executive chairman and group CEO of the Cortex Group. And he is the founder and the president of Machine Learning Institute of South Africa. Let's listen in. Jacques, thank you so very much for, for joining this session. It's an honor to have you on the call. I'd like to kick off straight away. Can you tell us a bit about your almost a day in the life of Jacques Ludic. What are you busy with? What's your organization doing? What is exciting? Wow, what a, what a, what a question to start with. with. Um, first of all, I think everything starts with my massive transformative purpose is how to shape a better future in the smart technology era. And with Cortex and the businesses that I'm involved in, as well as with MIA, the nonprofit organization, it is all, how can we use those as vehicles to actually enable this change? And, and help create this better future. So it's purpose-driven. So in terms of activities, um, I'm covering quite a spectrum of things and I, I'm super agile. <laughs> I'm even involved on a daily basis in, obviously I'm managing, I'm, I'm a group CEO of the Cortis Group, um, but I'm also um, the, the president and founder of MIA as well. And we've got activities on both fronts going. So there's business activities and there's non-profit activities. Um, so my day is, is, is really, um, I'm, I'm obviously focused on the business, so I'm spending significant time on that. Uh, but there's 24 hours in a day, so, I, <laughs> so one can think about how do you allocate the time and I need to be balanced as well, thinking about family and all of those kind of things. But but in terms of, if we just focus on, on the business side of it, it's um, it's, it's obviously making sure that all the teams are fully engaged in terms of that there's no blockers, that we're moving ahead as quickly as possible, that we are lean, that we are effective, um, that every day we're moving forward to producing solutions that's actually going to be impactful and making a difference. And I think it's critical to have business, to also have do business that makes business sense. Um, so it's not just doing business for the sake of just business. It's uh, it is purpose-driven, as I've said. So I'm a lot of communication, engaging with lots of uh, different people in the company, also with customers, with partners, um, and they're all part of this kind of, I call it the API economy. API stands for Application Programming Interface, but you can abstract that into um, also in terms of the whole partner ecosystem, the tools that's available, plug and play, and and I think we've got all these self-organizing teams, so we want to make sure that we are all very effective and in delivering uh, solutions. So I'm, I'm involved on management level, technical level. Uh, there's a little bit like Elon Musk that's kind of a, he's an engineer as well, but he's also running the company. So, and I think if, you, if you're running it, if you're involved in smart technology, it's got to be that way. Um, and at least, and I feel comfortable doing it as well. So even my previous uh, companies, uh, CCN Systems that I sold to General Electric, I was also extremely involved in the business development side, obviously running 
busy running the company, busy development side, but also uh, on a technical front. So making sure that we uh, produce products and solutions that delight customers, that delight our customers and it's actually impactful. Um, and we're busy with some very exciting stuff right now um, on multiple fronts. So, what, so, so yeah. what are you at liberty to tell us about the exciting? Yes, there's a few stuff in stealth mode. So I, I, I feel, okay, so I, I can maybe just say, obviously we, we're sitting in this COVID-19 pandemic time frame and era. So there, there are solutions and, and things that we do um, that can make a big difference there as well. Uh, anonymized platform for tracking and tracing. There's all sorts of uh, things that we can do. From a MIA side, we're actually applying for a, a, a bunch of grants to actually um, to do things on that front and enable the MIA community to also be um, participate in that. So, so that, that's some interesting stuff. So I'm busy on, on both fronts there. Okay. Um, so, but so in terms of the customer engagements, it's it's the typical, um, so we've got a few enterprise customers, well, a number of enterprise customers in financial services, healthcare, uh, also the, the mining, minerals, manufacturing space. And we're busy with a number of projects where we are implementing solutions, where we're operationalizing AI. So we've developed solutions and AI models, and we're now implementing solutions that's actually going to be impactful. Um, some of the solutions involves, uh, for instance, um, if you think about medical schemes, you think about hospital benefit management and, the, and you think about um, the risk associated when people are going to hospital, you don't know upfront, they need to authorize people to go to hospital. And if you don't have any idea what's the length of stay, what's the cost, that's a risk for hospitals, for medical schemes, et cetera. And if you can actually look at your case, looking at all the medical data and everything that's available, and before you authorize that, um, that those kind of scenarios, you've got a system, an AI-driven system that can pick up anomalies that can save a lot of money. So those are examples. There's also examples of where we do individualized uh, or personalized home loans that we can price. Uh, as well, so that's a big one because that market is quite significant. And if there's even a percentage of two percent, three percent increase in your market share, that could be billions of rands as well. So that's another one. In the industrial space, it's typically process optimization um, or it's things like predictive maintenance. So anything that um, that helps to optimize the process or making sure that the piece of equipment that you are using is is can be an operation or you can actually predict when it should go on maintenance and so you can, that's what we call talk about predictive maintenance um, so uh, those are also high value problems so we're interested in problems that's actually uh, almost like say you, you want to move the needle there so in terms of the kpis the business kpis so those are all examples of of uh, business problems uh, where you can apply ai and make a difference and there's a few others as well. There's fraud detection solutions. There's also, I think we work, do quite a bit of work it's, uh, on intelligent virtual assistants, but not just your normal chatbots, truly personalized um, solutions where you do 360 degree data mining in the back end, you integrate into systems, you get that information, and you can, in fact, build solutions that are very relevant. You can do on demand personalized service delivery. Um, and you can do recommendations because you're building up profiles of the consumer 
and that allows you to be relevant in the engagement. So we're building things there in terms of health, wellness, um, financial wellness. Uh, there's also solutions in HR. So if you look at the employee uh, uh, life cycle. So in terms of all sorts of HR admin services, but you can also think about employee wellness uh, as well. So, so there's things on, on that front as well. Then there's also on the trading stuff, there's, we've got some ex super exciting stuff there um, as well. So we, uh, that I'm quite excited about. Um, yeah, so there's many other examples, but uh, as you can see, we've got our hands full <laughs> in uh, doing things. Yep. So you speak about about MIA, is that the Machine Intelligence yes. Institute or just, I think a lot of people yes. might not be familiar with no, Yeah, so MIA is a, you, one can go, there's two websites actually, it's an older website, machineintelligenceafrica.org and the recent one is, is, is miaafrica.org, so M-I-I-A and then africa.org. If you go there, that, that is, a, a, it's a non-profit organization, it's a community uh, African AI community. What's very exciting about that, if you go to the about page, you would see that we've re redefined the whole vision and mission statements. It's, it's still the same vision and mission and so forth, but it's very specific goals in terms of building the community, doing training where, they get, where there's gaps, because I think for Africa, from an Africa perspective, we don't have enough of that. That's yeah. really impactful. Uh, training. So we are currently applying for national rollout of training courses to supplement what, what is available right now. And we've got a very innovative uh, certification of people across the, if you think about all the AI roles, you, you actually get obviously AI, say data scientists or data analysts or um, machine learning engineers or BI developers or could be data engineers. There's, that's, that's got a very important function. I know you're also into testing and quality and stuff. All of that, there's many roles around those type of things as well. Um, so to do certification across all those different roles where you can say, I'm, I'm acknowledging all the different types of knowledge that you have, your um, skill levels, your experience, all of those kind of things. There's no proper certification of, of any of, of that holistically. So you do have more formal um, certification. We're looking at formal education and stuff, degrees and whatever you have. Um, but there's lots of people doing MOOCs and courses and doing things stuff on YouTube and Wikipedia. My son is still at school, high school. And he's doing lots of projects and learning stuff online. Um, and if you think about people participating in hackathons or data science competitions like Zindi, for instance, or Kaggle, uh, there's almost no proper acknowledgement of all those kind of things. And even the things that data scientists do at work. And then you can also move to the academic sector. I'm, I'm not sure if we are um, giving enough, uh, if you think about researchers in terms of people that are training in the AI space, doing training um, or doing research, how do we... How do we highlight some of the things that they are doing? So with Mia, we're trying to say, can we map and monitor the whole AI ecosystem with all the different players? And, and, uh, and, and, and very important, it's almost great like a, a LinkedIn for all the AI data science positions and players in the space. And it's not just on the individual level, it's all the other stakeholders. Um, and make a contribution from that perspective. So it creates a bit more visibility. Um, because one thing is for sure, if we want to transform Africa, 
it is absolutely critical to to actually educate and and and, and when you think of it, upskilling people yes. at scale, and and uh, we need to put investment and money in the right places. And I think education is incredibly important. And with smart tech, uh, we've got such a big responsibility there. So just yesterday, I was in discussions with um, Zindi, the co uh, Selena Lee, the co-founder of. of um, of, of Zindi, and Zindi has got almost 15,000, or I think more than 15,000 data scientists on their platform, of which 80% are from Africa already. Wow. And, and we, we are looking at further collaboration. We've, we've obviously helped uh, from EMEA as well as from the Cortex side to, to, uh, to help them initially as well, similar to what we did with Data Science Nigeria and other organizations. We're obviously collaborating. We're also with Deep Learning and Dava, Especially initially, we we've marketed to our community as well what's happening there. But but that's that they've done great stuff since that then, obviously across Africa. Um, but so when I started Bia, there was almost like nothing. There's no Google initiatives. There was there was barely a conference on AI. And uh, if you go to the, the the previous Bia website, you will see kind of a little history there of AI in Africa where we started presenting stuff and got stuff together and even before the AI Expo also started and they, they actually thought that well Mia's maybe competition for some events but we're not we we are interested in just helping supporting we're not a political player um, we want to see this Africa really being transformed so, so it's very exciting but if you do that yeah if you, if you go to that about page you will see these nine different buckets okay. and there's other things as well there um, uh, that's quite interesting. Okay. So I wanted to touch on Africa actually next, South Africa in particular, because the people I network with and, and the news that I follow seems to indicate that there's a lot of exciting things happening. It seems that Cape Town, and who doesn't want to live there, it, it's spawning a lot of interesting AI startups. So can you maybe comment on, the, on some of the yes. work you're doing in, in Africa and in South Africa and, and what do you see as the future yeah. for Africa and AI? Yeah, so yeah, we've got a huge responsibility. We need more companies to to um, make a difference and impact. So there's there's a bunch of companies, um, robotics, and there's a number of other companies here that's also um, trying to make in specific niche areas to be impactful and make a difference. But we need a lot of that. We need that in healthcare. We need this in education. Um, we we need this in most of the other industries as well. Um, I think it's data profit, they focus on manufacturing. I think um, we, we are also from a Cortex side looking at enterprise AI. I think there's a massive role to play also to help even governmental organizations, state-owned organizations thrive as well. So there are potentially things in the pipeline that we are looking at making a difference on that front. But I think education and healthcare, incredible important areas. So I know if you look at the Western Cape, uh, I started my first AI company here, CCS way back uh, when Google started, um, and we it was actually launched at a, at Stellenbosch University, and then we moved to Techno Park, so which is not far away from where I am. I'm based here in Somerset West, and they are just here in Stellenbosch. Just so that and people know, it's it's in the Winelands, so it's very unfair. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's beautiful setting. I remember when I sold to General Electric, uh, but even we actually had an OEM agreement in 2009 with them when we sold in 2011. 
And then I had to be at G for at least three years because of the shareholder transaction bill and retention bonuses and stuff like that. But I remember when we got their leadership here with their entourage and security people and even during that time, um, they were blown away by just Cape, the style of the mountains there, the view, because if you look at Techno Park, we also had an incredible view of the mountains there and the winelands and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a nice place to work. And even now where I'm working here, I'm seeing the whole of False Bay, Table Mountain, and it's just spectacular. So it's, it, it is a nice setting, uh, no doubt about it. There's also some talent here and there is a definitely entrepreneurial drive. And I, I've, I've definitely picked up the last few years, uh, things have, have really stepped up. Um, but we could do a lot more to, to make a difference here. I think there's still a lot of companies that need support and help and funding. Um, I think we can do a lot better in terms of the whole investment into these kind of opportunities. But at least these people that's trying, they're, they're thriving and, they, and they, they're moving forward. Um, so, yeah, so we are also doing our battles. And, uh, but I think it's also important to focus. You can't do everything. So I've given you some examples of where we are in various industries, but we also have looking at disruptive platform businesses. It's not only the enterprise AI plays uh, as well. So, so and there's some very exciting applications as well. You touched, on, specific type of solutions. you touched on something at the beginning of our chat, Jocks, so yes. about your own work where, I mean, you, you have a PhD, you, you're technically minded and so forth, but you're also running a business. Yes. I think a lot of... Um, people potentially listening to us now have fantastic ideas of technically very yes. strong, but where they fail is that they don't have the business management skills, you know? So, so maybe if we can just touch on that. So, so even though people are AI experts, they are still, when they have a startup, they're running a business. So maybe some advice you can give to people launching out into this world of, of a, a startup. Johan, that's a good question. Um, yeah, and I think we, we obviously want to see more people do that. So, when I started, um, just to go back to even C-Sense, I, I did my PhD, I was five years still, I'm doing, I was postdoc research and I was more academic at that time, but I was starting to collaborate and reaching out to electronic engineering and, and all the different departments and chemical engineering, the business school, uh, even partnered with the uh, department of psychiatry, we would build models of brain disorders, all sorts of stuff. But I just realized there's so much application, so much potential for this. But at that time, I didn't know a lot about business. <laughs> so we, we learned it the hard way. Um, and we just were very determined in terms of what we're going to create. We were fortunate and we went through, well, that whole CCS period was, was, was 14 years of, of learning. And, and obviously that comes into very good stead because we've been fortunate to be very successful there and apply AI solutions around the globe in pretty much every industry almost. So, um, and, and uh, it was an incredible learning curve um, for me. So I, I've, I've gained a tremendous amount of knowledge that I can now reapply. And remember, we live in a different era now. Yes. We, we wrote everything from scratch in the 2000s and stuff. So when, in the open source area, now you, you said this plug and play, it's like legal blocks. So, um, so, my advice, and there's something else here, latching onto that. Um, I think AI is also becoming more democratized. If you see what's happening with the AWS, the Google Clouds, the, um, the, so the way you're doing business, you've got to, you have to understand the toolbox that's available out there. 
And that toolbox is different to what it was in the 2000s. It's, it's 2020 now and, and it's growing all the time. And it's, it is, you need people that are skillful in this new environment where things change rapidly. Every month you see uh, updates, improvements, and the state of the art of six months is not the state of the art right now. So, so one needs to be super agile um, and move very quickly and very adaptive. So it doesn't matter if you start a business now, you're going to be, be ready for a wild ride. And, um, but I think it's also important to be uh, focused in terms of what is the business problem that you want to solve? Uh, where, do you, where can you innovate? And, and I think it's the combination of domain expertise, understanding the business problem and or the, the need, the customer need, and then looking at, so if start there first, and then you can say, let's bring in the technology now and see, okay, how can we, how can we use these, this massive smart technology toolbox to solve the problems? And that's how we look at it as well. So we've got proprietary software, We've got, there's obviously open source. We are very knowledgeable about what's happening there. There's commercial APIs as well. That you can bring in other partners. If it makes business sense to bring in a commercial API as part of this thing that you built, then you do that. So, um, but you, again, you've got to be aware of what's going on. So it's a lot of filtering, a lot of search, understanding of how this thing is evolving. And there's a lot of innovation on business model level. So, so the whole FinTech space is being disrupted Education will be disrupted as well. It's not an industry that will Absolutely. not be disrupted. So, um, so it's, it's fascinating. So my advice is, I think you've got to be focused. Make sure you maybe partner or have people that's got a fairly good understanding of that toolbox. And unfortunately, there won't be a lot of people that's got a comprehensive understanding. Nobody's got a perfect understanding. But... Um, it is helpful if you've got people that's, that knows how to operate in this API economy uh, of plug and play and stuff. Um, incredible opportunities in so many industries. We can't, well, there's so many things that I, that I think about and say, wow, it would be great to do it, but okay, no, unfortunately, no, I have to do this. So, <laughs> and John, as a, as a Cortex group, you also, yeah. if I understand right, provide uh, incubator or seed money, or you're looking at ideas or, yes. youngsters or whatever so tell us maybe a little bit about that yeah. yeah so we, we actually as part of the quarters group this cortex ventures we we just did it for a year we paused it for for now but uh, but that was a fantastic exercise where we give, give a lot of feedback where people present it and and that is still on the card so we are that's still part of the vision in terms of what we want to do we want to help businesses thrive we want to help build this ecosystem as well but we've I think it's important to, I think for us, we want to also show the example of building these unicorns, um, some, some of the things ourselves. Um, and then what, what we want to do is we bring in uh, these kind of other companies well where it makes sense. So I think you would see in the future, we are going to look at that whole thing as well. So we just paused it now because obviously COVID-19 and we've got a few things here, but, but it's still, we've got still the list of people we've engaged quite a bit. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of giving back to community in terms of some of the entrepreneurs and so, so it was a, it's a great exercise, but uh, we're gonna take that up again. Um, I, 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 just, I just love talking to entrepreneurs and people that's, that wanna make a difference and I can just feel they, they need advice, they want help and, and uh, that's why Nia's there as well. But I also from a Cortex side, we will we'll definitely see what we can do uh, there as well. But we also had to be disciplined with ourselves and say, okay, we, we also have to focus as well. So 
Yes, so that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> next, next, I want to listening touch on to the, the lessons that we're giving to other companies. <laughs> exactly. Next, I want to touch on the future a bit. So before we get to yes. all this potential scary stuff, maybe let's just focus yes. on business over the next, say, five yes. years or so. We, yes. How do you see this kind of technology impacting business? You've alluded to it already. But if we yes. look back in five years from now, what do you think would have happened? Yeah, so I, I think clearly COVID-19, the whole pandemic era is, well, this, what happened here is basically accelerating this digital drive, smart technology drive, as we've seen. And I, I've, I've discussed a simple example also on other podcasts as well, where I look at my brother, he, he was not, he was using a smartphone, but he wasn't really into um, digital classrooms and all these smart tech. Now he's just adopted it just like that. He's using it, he's efficient with that. And um, you see those kind of things as well. So where things are going, um, it was anyway on this track. So it's almost like unstoppable. I think we're gonna see the more businesses, the more we instrument businesses, the more we digitize businesses, the more we've got access to data in digital format. It will give businesses the opportunity to, to actually leverage that and start monetizing the data and also start using that to, um, to help their businesses going forward. And they have to do it because they're not gonna be competitive. In five years time, things will change. We are sitting on an exponential curve, um, multiple exponential curves. Um, but, and I think every industry is probably on different curves and so forth, but you do have these different types of smart tech having an impact as well. So it's like a fusion of technologies. And remember, there's also virtual reality, augmented reality, bring that with AI. If we, and if you think about decentralized uh, businesses or organizations, computing, I think you will see this, uh, blockchain coming more to the fore as well. I think there's a really good potential for that to disrupt as well. So I think we will see um, those kind of technologies also having an impact. Um, so we, I think we are on this road of, of super disruption. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping we make wise choices. I think we will later on maybe get to that because I think there's, we need to think about um, uh, regulation. We need to think about a bunch of other things as well. So we make, make the wise choices here. If you think that I'm, I'm really afraid that if you just let people go within this capitalistic kind of environment market, um, then, then things could go wrong. So I think there needs to be some wisdom around where, what is the kind of society that we want? What is the kind of business environment that we want? So that's one thing to be aspirational. I, and I'm, I'm actually writing a book right now on transformative human-centric artificial intelligence and speaking about all these kind of things, all these kind of topics as well, and how AI is transforming what, um, the, the, the industries um, also society, all of those kind of things, but then also talking about what is the um, specific outcomes that we want as uh, from a governmental perspective, from a business perspective, from a society perspective, and, and then how can we shape that future? How can we get there? What are the tools and, and, and what is the stumbling blocks? And as you can see, well, right now we are, <laughs> what's just happening now, with uh, identity politics and what's happening in the U.S., uh, it's it is, it's it's we, we can very quickly break down in in hours, in days, and weeks what we've built up as Homo sapiens in, in over centuries. 
um, and, and 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 it's actually um, it's it, it it could be a great pity. So we got to have wisdom, and we got to influence uh, in the right positive direction. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Um, I'm probably leading to another question of yours as well, but no, absolutely. Um, I'm burning to ask yeah. you. Look, I've, I've always been an, an optimist when it comes to this technology. Yes. The more I read about it, and the more I look at future studies, the more I, and you know, I've got a six-year-old son, and I'm thinking what kind of life I'm going to leave him. The more I become a yeah. bit of a pessimist. So I wanted to touch on that as well, Jacques. We we look at human cyborgs. We look at implants. Yes. Obviously, privacy. This uh, weaponization. So. I don't think we can hide from, apart from the yeah. fact that there's so much good, that there's so much bad. There's one book entitled yes. um, about AI called Our Last Invention. Yeah, so do you think yeah. we're heading for some sort of an apocalyptical wor world in the next 50 years or so? <laughs> What's your view on that? Yeah, I've, I've actually done a proper analysis, which will cover in the book as well, of all, all the various scenarios, dystopias, utopias, protopias, all, all the various things there as well. And so it's fascinating. Uh, and I think we need, to, as I've mentioned, we need to make wise choices here because we can easily go in 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 that direction. It's it's uh, in fact, if I feel also there's not a lot of even today. If you think about where we are right now with all the things and so forth, we, we are we are struggling. This climate change and there's a bunch of other things as well. We're struggling to solve our problems. And as Yuval Harari also mentioned, I think. The problems that we are facing as homo sapiens, you can't just solve it on a national level. So you, it, you've got to collaborate globally. We are this hyper-connected global community now. You think about climate change or you think about digital dictatorship, that's a big concern. Uh, and, and it could easily go that route. If you think about what's happening in, um, in China, for instance, I think they've got great potential to, to use it in a proper way, but they've got to be very careful uh, in terms of, you don't want, you don't want a situation where you, you feel you do a proper big brother, you control your citizens and, and, and you manipulate them. Well, that's not, that's not the ideal future that we, that we envisage for society as well. So, so I think one needs to be, uh, so, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am concerned about where things can go. Kai-Fu Li also brought out, I don't know if you read his book, AI Superpowers. And he gives an interesting oh, yes, perspective. It's a Chinese yeah. author. Yes, yeah. So he was he was at Apple and, and he, he was in Silicon Valley. So he's got that whole perspective of the US. He's very eloquent speaking about all of that, but he's got he's he's currently back in, in China, Taiwan, Taiwan, China, and, and he's he's got uh, some very good initiatives going on there as well. He's also a PhD in AI. He understands technology very well. Um, but he was also advocating in his book for a more human-centric type of uh, future where we redefine jobs and we, we you can say for instance i've got this slide and he's got in his book as well we talking about if you think about how ai can there's there's obviously different levels here where you can say uh, um, you've got uh, automated ai augmented ai uh, all, all of those kind of things where you can see tasks in jobs being automated but if you add another vertical axis and it's, this could be multi-dimensional where you can say We've got the human touch in emotion and you make it more human centric as opposed to where you don't need kind of the emotional component and just emotional components, but we don't have the, the human centric aspects to the job. And then we need to, what we need to do is we need to reposition the jobs and stuff and say, let's value those kind of jobs that provides those kind of 
uh, services, human centric services uh, to, so like anything, taking care of the elderly, doing the educational stuff, uh, being creative, um, those kind of things. So we need to look at the whole job map, map, the whole economy and say, how do we reward people? And what I would love to see is, is more kind of a, a decentralized world where you don't have opportunities for dictators, digital dictatorship, or even people to dictate, where you've got more decentralized system, we've got more cities connected, connected to one another, where Cape Town can do business with Cairo, with Chicago, and, and you've got these kind of communities that's self-organizing, but you can still have, have this within a national framework or whatever, so, so you can do, still do that. But where you, where you, we obviously empower the people, so we want to make sure that the technology is serving people, not the other way around. And we can easily go the other way where we say we're just creating these, you talk about implants and doing all these kind of things, but we need to think about what, what does it mean to be human? Um, do, do we want that? And if we want it, what, what, how should we approach, how should we do it uh, as well? Because we can, we can decide how we want to do it. I know we're on this runaway train, this roller coaster, but I, I, would, I think it's very important to think about, especially now, because of we are sitting on this exponential curve and things change so quickly, to be very clear. And so we need, that's why we need visionary leadership. We've got to be super clear about, we need to paint that picture of the future. And I'm, I'm listening to so many podcasts and stuff on existential threats and risk and, and, and some, some people of the intellectual dark web that's discussing, that's got some very good ideas. Um, around what's happening, what's going wrong, and potentially what that better future should look like. Um, so I'm thinking about those kind of things as well. Um, so you, you can definitely in the book read more about that. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would definitely, I think when yeah. the book is ready, we, we need to do another call because I'd love oh, yeah. to speak through it. Um, sure. Just before we end off, any upcoming conferences, webinars worth noting that you will be speaking at? Yeah, so I've just done a few. I've participated in Swiss Cognitives. Um, well, there's, a pod, there's, there's actually a video out right now about operationalizing AI. And I've more talked about the Cortex or the business side of it. I didn't unfortunately get have time to go talk more about Mia. Uh, but I, I um, so there's ones I'm doing a few podcasts. I'm, I'm presenting. As a matter of fact, they will be in our social media. Um, there will be more communications around these kind of things. So many uh, conferences now are happening virtual. So it's very easy to say yes um, and to just block the time, similar to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you just book the time, let's talk. Um, you so there's travel a time or anything like that. Yeah. No, so I can be even more productive in that regard as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So. Well, oh, watch the Cortex websites and the Mia websites on the events pages uh, and so on our social media. I'm going to add those links to when I publish this video. Um, yeah. Jock, thank you for your time. This, uh, there's definitely so much more, and hopefully you'll have yeah. time for me in, there in a few weeks so we can talk about some of these things. Um, Sounds thank good. All, thank, thank, thank you for really all the best going forward, and uh, we'll touch base soon again. Fantastic. Thank you, Johan. Have a great time. Cheers, man. Bye-bye.